0: Welcome back to In The Queue: Film Conversations with Andrew and Phil. I am your co-host, Phil. And the term La La Land is uh, an affectionate term for the city of L.A., but it also serves as a metaphor for the feeling of being in your own world, which is directly applicable to the world of today's film.
1: It is indeed. Uh, I am your co-host, Andrew, and all of the elements were there for this film to be something that I really loved. And yet <laughs> I didn't
0: <laughs> didn't love it. Well, oh, he no, just tipped his hand folks. <laughs> oh, there's going to be a heavy hand tipping coming up. We are talking about the new film, La La Land, one of the critical favorites of the year. Yeah. Uh, before we get into the discussion though, I want to tell you guys out there, where you can find us on the web. You can go to our blog which is www.in-the-q, that's the letter q.com. You can also go to our Facebook page, just search Facebook for in the q q u e u e is how it's spelled. And on those pages you can find summaries of every film, you can find the actual episodes themselves. And on our Facebook page in particular, we encourage you to leave comments and contact us if you have movies you would like to review. You can come on to the show and we'll have a great discussion. We love doing that. Yeah, we do. Also, we're on Twitter. It is at ITQ Podcast. Follow us. We'll follow you back. And lastly, you can find us on iTunes and also other podcast aggregate apps such as Overcast and Podcast and who knows what else. Uh, if If you're listening to this now, chances are you've already found us. So good on you. Good job. Yeah. So the film we're talking about today, it is La La Land. Two options. You either follow my rules or follow my rules. Capisce? Thank you. I can do it a different way.
1: No, that's that's fine. Thank you very much.
0: I just heard you play, and I wanted Uh to- It's pretty
1: strange that we keep running into each other. Maybe it means something. I doubt it.
0: Yeah, I don't think so. You could just write your own roles, you know? Write something that's as interesting as you are. What are you gonna do? Have my own club. Is that gonna happen every time? I think so. How are you gonna be a revolutionary if you're such a traditionalist you're holding on to the past but jazz is about the future
1: maybe i'm not good enough yes you are maybe
0: i'm not it's like a pipe dream this is the dream it's conflict and it's compromise it's very very exciting That's it. That's it. That's uh, the main trailer for La La Land. And um, I'm going to ask Andrew a pointed question Uh-oh. in just a moment. Uh, but first, I just want to give you guys a summary of the film, or a sort of a general overview of the plot. Yeah, just in case give, him anybody... a, give him a taste. Give him a little, a little... smackering. Smackering. <laughs> little... smackering, smackering. Okay, smackering would be good. <laughs> um, but really, you only really need a taste to kind of get an idea of what the story is because the plot is very kind of... Concise and, and simple in a way.
1: Paper um, thin, you might say. <laughs> well,
0: it's a musical. It doesn't have to be, you know, yeah, no, I'm, uh, yeah. atonement or something. <laughs> uh, so the, the story is uh, it's about Mia, who's an aspiring actress, uh, and she's working as a barista in L.A., and she's struggling to get jobs as an actress. And she meets Sebastian. Played, uh, Mia is played by Emma Stone. Sebastian is played by Ryan Gosling. He is a struggling jazz musician. And uh, so they're both struggling, and they kind of meet and strike up a relationship, and they become sort of, they fall in love, and then yeah. um, their their respective ambition uh, in their in their careers threatens to tear them apart, and that's kind of what the the general overview is. And gist. I just wanted to I wanted to ask Andrew yes. I have a a, a theory slash yeah. question for people who did not really like this movie. Yep. Did you like the opening number? Uh,
1: okay. I have complicated feelings about this movie in almost every regard. Oh boy, uh, this be good. The short answer is no, I did not. Uh-huh. I oh, man. It was Go ahead, so dis- it, out, it was so disappointing for me because uh, the the film, this film, you know, it's it's trying to resurrect the musical in, in in a sense. You know, it's certainly paying homage to the old movie musicals of yesteryear. And as such it, it it pulls out all the stops in order to make that happen and all the stops include big production numbers on the four oh five, right? Um yeah, that's the opening number he's referring to. Yeah, and if they I mean clearly they hired a lot of professional dancers for that sequence. But zero professional singers, and I, I just thought that it was a mess of tone and intent and like what what were what was what was being said with that Well I, I think, mean I don't even
0: I think that the the argument about the singing is I'll latch onto to that first i I can sure. understand that argument because people have written about this, and i it's hard to really refute this. Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone in particular are not great singers. They're not expressive singers. No. And it seems to be that this musical is not trying to resurrect great singing in musicals as much as it's trying to resurrect the spectacle, the, the camera movement, the, well, the pageantry of it. Well, this,
1: this cuts straight to the heart of my issue with this film and with most modern movie musicals, in fact. Uh, but I think that this film is one of the most egregious violators of this. Yeah. People who... Like, <laughs> you can't just resurrect the feel of a movie musical without all of the elements being there. You can't make a musical without people who can sing and dance. Mm. It's You just can't. And nobody's done it successfully, and nobody will ever be able to do it successfully, because if you just put stars in your movie who clearly just took tap dancing lessons you know for the couple of months before they started filming this you know i mean like god
0: uh well you know if you look at old classic musicals like singing in the rain or an american of paris i mean this they're products of a different era when when the actor often came from the stage and and you had to sing and dance you had to be able to to fence even as sometimes as an actor you had to be able to perform and there's really no equivalent these days somebody actually posted on um on one of those godforsaken forums on imdb that only singers should appear in musicals and movie musicals because you have to be able to belt it out and But even singers aren't completely great dancers all the time, so it's hard to find a well-rounded well, uh, individual to, to, hand, to shoulder this new revival. Well, the problem is that there are plenty of people out there in the
1: world exactly like that, but they're not hiring them because they're not going to sell tickets, because Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone will sell tickets on their names alone. Yeah. Uh, especially given the pedigree of them having done several films together in which they were romantically linked. Mm-hmm. So... People want to see that again and people will pay money to see that again. But, but the man, like t- taking nothing away from them, because I think they're both fantastic performers and I think that they're great in this film Uh, on the relationship level. You know, like when they're when they're acting, it's great and mm-hmm. they're great and I believe it. But when the singing and dancing starts, it, it it just becomes a hot mess.
0: Did you ever think when you are watching it that that was the point? That this was a 21st century musical? This was an, an, uh, an updated version? And this was not meant to be like Redux of Singing in the Rain or American in Paris? So to that I say, what is the purpose?
1: What is the purpose of making a new movie musical that's just lethargic what is what is the purpose of making a movie musical without any of the joy or the wonder
0: or the the amazing talent on display i think there's still joy in the film and wonder I, i i think there's still many things going on to behold and enjoy even if you know the the singing and dancing by the two leads is not you know up to the standards of the, the great films. Well, okay. uh, Here's what I think is uh, to answer your question. Here's what Mm -hmm. I think is the, the point of this film. And that is to invigorate this movie portrayal of the city of Los Angeles as a magical place full of color and, and delight and magic. And, uh, we could argue about, you know, the, the, the people who were excluded from that world no. Which, which is, you know, there's definitely notable. Several, several notable you know, exclusions. But uh, I think what they're doing is they want to it's, – it's a love letter to L.A. in a way. And it's trying to kind of revitalize the image of L.A. in movies as a place where beautiful things can happen.
1: Great. Uh, make a promotional video for the Los Angeles Film Office. Like, I, I don't know. Why make it into a, a, a movie that people have to pay to go see? It's I the, really... the
0: exuberance of the direction, the exuberance of the staging. It's See, all here's sort of... the
1: thing: is that like you asked me earlier, what did I think about the opening number? I yeah. I was so excited about seeing this movie, I can't even tell you. And when that opening number started, I just sort of slumped back in my chair, and I was like, "Oh God, what have we gotten ourselves into? Is this what we're going to have to suffer through for this entire movie?" And the answer was yes. And that is to say. <laughs> you know suffering through what you may ask well suffering through this sort of hollow pageantry it's it's all of the the right you know it's all the right moves and all of the right staging or you know so they think mm-hmm. but it's without any personality or vim or vigor it's just it's just empty I just found it to be completely empty and devoid of any anything interesting going on, basically. Wow. I, well, I mean, I, <laughs> some people would say L.A. is an empty place. Well, yeah, and in that respect, I mean, kudos. You nailed the feeling of L.A., <laughs> but I don't know that that was the intention, and I don't know that that is ultimately what you want out of a movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Um yeah but but really for me this was all exemplified in in one scene in particular so if you haven't seen the movie there's going to be a mild spoiler alert here uh there's a scene where uh seb and mia have they they they're just getting to know each other and they've They're looking for Mia's car, and they wind up in this sort of little park that overlooks a really kind of crappy Los Angeles, and they comment on how crappy the view is and, you know, all this fun stuff. And they sit down on a bench, and Mia's in high heels. She starts changing her heels, and you notice that she's changing into tap shoes, and I see that Ryan Gosling is wearing tap shoes, and I'm like, oh. Well that's interesting. Are we going to get a big spectacular dance number, a tap dance number here? Oh, this should be pretty interesting. <laughs> it got me like all of the visual cues were there, all of everything was lined up. Like if that was Gene Kelly putting on those tap shoes, I would be crapping myself. And so I got really excited and I was like, "Oh my goodness, this is oh, this is this is going to be great." And then they proceeded to do the most lethargic tap number I've ever seen in my entire life. It it looked like It would be, you know, right at home in like a a tap for beginners recital and the the music and the camera movement was so out of whack with what was happening on screen. It was Mm -hmm. so out of whack with the dancers dancing. I mean the the music was swelling, these big swells trumpets are playing, and like all this kind of crazy stuff is going on, and the camera cranes up to like look over them, and they're doing these little like one two, one, two, one, two, one two, three, like oh, whoa, they got fancy there, <laughs> they did three three steps in a row
0: I mean it was yeah. so weak weak, yeah well i I saw this movie with uh my wife and. Mm-hmm at the very end of the opening number she looked at me and with like excitement in her face and she was like yeah this is this is really what i want to see this is i'm going to like this movie yeah then as the movie went on you realize that in terms of the dancing damon chazelle shot his wad really early oh, and yeah. used up all of the best dancing in the opening number and then for the rest of the film you've got kind of like these numbers that andrew just excoriated where you've got oh. the strength of the scene is not the dancing. It's the fact that it's Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone together. Yeah, yeah, which is it. great. Everything leading up to the dancing se- segment, I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. this is great.
1: They're, they're, yeah. they're bantering. There's clearly chemistry. This is really fun and interesting.
0: And it's just this is the 2016 version of a musical. That's, that's how I saw it. That's how I interpreted it. It's well, not going to live up then to the classical standards.
1: Never make another musical then. Just don't. Just stop. I'm sure you won't. I'm like, sure you won't make another musical. No, I'm just talking about the industry. If this is the best the industry can do in 2016, or the best the industry is willing to do in 2016, then just don't do it. Just stop. Don't ever make another musical. Just don't.
0: Well, I mean that's kind of a kind of a a strong way to put it. I would say. I mean, I,
1: I'm, what, don't, I'm just you saying. Don't think
0: if this movie had anything to add to the genre at all. No, in fact, I think quite the
1: opposite. It just aped all of the stuff of the past. There are clear references to Singing in the Rain and the Umbrellas of Cherbourg and all these other musicals right. in this musical. And so it wasn't even doing anything original or interesting with the movie musical. It didn't even break ground. In fact, this brings me to another thing that I didn't like about the film. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the sort of core thread of the movie... Sort of centers around each of these two artists, sort of pining for like a purer, truer art form where people will appreciate it more. You might say it's like you and me, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and so these people are steeped in nostalgia. You know, there's that whole there was that line that John Legend said in uh, in the in the trailer where he was like, you know, you can't live in the past. The, you know, jazz is all about the future. It's all about breaking new ground. Yeah. And <laughs> and so the movie sort of makes that point uh, through John Legend's character and, uh, and through Emma Stone's character to some extent. And then it proceeds to wrap up tidily. Again, spoiler alert for anybody who mm-hmm. is still listening. Uh, it proceeds to wrap up tidily with both of the people getting exactly what they want which is not that thing you know it's it i mean i mean it is that that nostalgic thing but it's not Mm -hmm. the future it's not thinking forward thinking and it doesn't bring anything new to anything I, i mean i just thought it was it was so trite for it to to sort of resolve itself uh by saying, yeah, this guy ends up having a successful jazz club just playing old jazz standards, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, old, you know, not, not even old standards, just free-form jazz, you know, the way it's meant to be played. Right. And she makes it as a big movie star, you know, after the only reason she does it is by doing her own thing and getting back to the stage and writing her own material and doing a one-woman show. Like, it's not, you know... I don't know,
0: man. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. It bothered me. The favorite, my favorite thing about the movie uh, were the the non musical parts in a way, like the the parts that you singled out. Yes, I mean you are you're have you're taking a very critical approach to these to this film, and I agree that your your criticisms are valid. But I wouldn't necessarily throw away the baby with the bathwater in this case. I wouldn't throw away the whole film because I think there's a lot to enjoy.
1: That's fair. and And, I I do think you're right. uh, I I don't mean to make it sound like I just hated the film altogether. (laughs) I just um, like for the acclaim that it's getting in the award nominations that it's scooping up. It does not
0: deserve
1: like this is an average movie in almost mm -hmm. every way.
0: Well, I would I don't know if I'd call it average in every way. I think that the direction is is a tour de force. The the Whoa. staging, the staging of the musical numbers apart from like the dance choreography, the way that Chazelle organizes the shots and the camera movements and how it's all very planned out and very ornate and and kinetic. I was really dazzled. And but the thing is, but that's me. I'm a I I really focus on the directing. Sure. And uh some people Seem to be focusing on this, the overall mise en scène, and they're just kind of dazzled by that. Maybe those people haven't seen Singing in the Rain or American in Paris or the Bandwagon or any number of classic movies, but I was dazzled by the the how kind of well well planned it was all, how how just sort of the and and the and the the presentation of L.A. and all of its colorfulness. And and mm-hmm. its beauty, it was all good filmmaking, I thought. So that's the way that it was that the material was approached. That's the way it was lensed and presented to us. Some of the material itself, I thought, was a little weak. Like you didn't mention this. I'm sure you hated this scene. <laughs> it's uh, the scene where Ryan Gosling is thinking City of Stars, and he's like walking down this pier yeah. uh, on the beach, and he's he's got this he finds this hat that just kind of rolls up to him and he's like singing this like mournful song and he's whistling a tune and like he picks up the hat and he kind of seems like he's about to do some kind of chaplain-esque bit you know with the hat yeah and and then he just he like uh it's really it's very lame what he does with the hat he just kind of like <laughs> he just kind of like stands at attention and then sticks the hat out in the air and then like grabs it with his other hand and it's like it's clear that Ryan Gosling is not his his vaudevillian antics are not nearly at the same level of, as like Charlie Chaplin, and no. that's really the best they could come up with. Um, but for me, the really kind of uh, selling point of La La Land, spoiler alert again to everybody listening, is the very end when mm-hmm. the film resolves in a way just like I thought it was going to resolve and that is as a melancholy love story where the lovers don't get together.
1: Yeah, which I appreciated, actually. I actually thought that it was very nice how it resolved, and I think that it was uh, a good sort of you know, direction to take, especially because they sort of pull the rug out from under you in this whole sort of spectacular ending sequence, which I do think mm-hmm. goes on a little bit too long, a lot bit too long. Um, yeah. I think it's about three or four minutes longer than it needs to be. <laughs> um, but the I, I did appreciate the way that it resolved and as long as we're talking about kudos I do think that the performances at the center of the film it, with Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling I think they're both great. They're great mm-hmm. they're charismatic, they're likable they do a great job when they're in dialogue scenes um, it's just that the movie demands more of them and in those, it it actually seems like they're uncomfortable. It seems like they're uncomfortable singing, they're uncomfortable dancing. And Mm -hmm. no no matter how much charisma they have, it's not, you know,
0: like Gene Kelly also had charisma and he could sing and dance. And he could dance while having a 104 degree fever too and look like he's having the time of his life.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Um, which is incredible. Uh, But these, you know, these are not actors who've spent every day since they were four years old practicing the same thing you know and by that I I don't mean that they aren't you know well rehearsed practiced actors I'm just saying that they haven't been perfecting dance moves they haven't been perfecting their voices for singing they Mm -hmm. they're these are kind of classic modern Hollywood actors who
0: are there for their je ne sais quoi you know yeah certain I don't know what indeed um yeah, I mean, I think I can see I can see your point there. Um, th- this film didn't really wedge its way into my heart until after it was over, though, and after I kind of thought about it for a little bit. But uh, I I don't I'm not trying to disabuse you of your convictions because you make a good point. Uh, these people are not they're not they're not up to the same caliber as the classic movie musical performers were of yesteryear. And uh, let me just ask you. Yeah. What do you think was the the last great movie musical? Oh man,
1: um, maybe a Little Shop of Horrors.
0: Oh, interesting. So you don't even think like Moulin Rouge or? Oh, I hate Moulin Rouge. I hate Moulin Rouge. Yeah. I hate
1: Chicago, not because I dislike the show Chicago, but because I think that they they did the, they did the same thing. They got Richard Gere and Renee Zellweger, people who don't know how to sing or dance. John C. Riley, you know people mm-hmm. who who don't belong in a film like that, even though they turn in good performances for what they're trying to do. They're not great performances. The best people in that in, in Chicago as a, for instance, are Queen Latifah, who's been singing since she was tiny mm-hmm. and Catherine Zeta Jones, who's been singing and dancing since she was tiny, you right. know? And the people who didn't spend their whole youth
0: doing those things, it shows, yeah. Um although didn't Ryan Gosling grow up doing like teen beat like he was in like, he was in the <laughs> Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had some experience but uh but he it wasn't really brought out in his performance, I would say. It was a little bit too uh
1: Sure. I mean, being a child performer doesn't necessarily mean that you are you know that's the thing that you chose to do. I mean, if you heard mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling singing in Blue Valentine, you would never imagine that this is somebody who had trained their whole life to sing.
0: <laughs> I think that Little Shop of Horrors is an interesting choice for, for the last great musical because uh, you've got, like, Ellen Green, who was in the Broadway show. And who, is so good in that movie. Yeah, and who really... Pro- perhaps the most difficult role, you know. She was she was taken from the stage. But you got Rick Moranis, who... You know, his his... Singing and dancing abilities are not that st- stellar, it's but true. it's a funny show. It's a funny show. That's what matters. And it's
1: not just funny, but it also understands the conventions of the movie musical and it and it sticks to them and it and it presents it with the same level of uh, self-assuredness and sort of uh, vigor that mm-hmm. the old movie musicals do. I mean, you watch those you watch them singing suddenly Seymour and it's funny in that it's like set in this like broken down old back alley, but the moves that the, the camera are making and the moves that the actors are making and all of that, it's like pure West side story. So, you know, it's,
0: (laughs) it's, it works. Yeah. Well, that's uh Frank Oz directing, right? Yeah. Yeah. The director of the Muppet films himself is um, – I remember he made a movie with Marlon Brando and uh, Marlon Brando kept calling him Miss Piggy to, uh, <laughs> to get on his nerves. <laughs> uh, OK. Well, yeah, well, I think that yeah. La La Land – when we do our top ten list, I think La La Land might be on mine. I'm guessing it's not going to be on it's yours. It's not going to be on mine. I can tell you that much. <laughs> but still, you know, it's a – One of the notable releases of the year. It's
1: more fun. And I have to admit that there were moments in the film where I was touched and I did, you know, I may have shed a tear here or there. It did affect me. And the music is quite good. Uh, Mm -hmm. So it's not, this isn't a a film without merit. And it's, it it is very fun at times. It's very funny at times. Um, And as you say, Phil, there is some very assured direction going on, you know, in the Mm -hmm. film as I think Damien Chazelle has demonstrated he's very capable of with one of my favorite movies from two years ago, Whiplash. Right. Yeah. Um, So, you know, it, it's, there's good here and it's fun and it's, it's worth going to see, I think. um, And probably it's going to be a rare thing for you to be able to see something like this in a theater. So maybe check it out if you want to see it in the theater, but But overall, I was really disappointed in it, and I felt let down. And I'm even more disappointed that it's garnering all the acclaim that it's garnering.
0: Yeah, especially when it's beating out movies like Moonlight, which you know. Yeah. Oh my god. I know. I know you prefer Moonlight over this film. Yeah. Uh, Okay, that's our show about La La Land. Um, Stay tuned for our next episode. We're going to be talking about the new Martin Scorsese film called Simply. Silence. Stay tuned for that. We'll see you next time.